0: Is Undaunted Life a Man's Podcast? I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys. So I was sitting around the other night. So we had a three day weekend uh, whenever I was recording this. And so I was just trying to think through, you know, what am I going to do with my time? Because I've been working a lot lately, doing a lot of different things and staying really, really active. And so, what if, for whatever reason, I'm clicking through Amazon Prime just trying to look for something to watch. And my wife is sitting there. And then the movie Click came up. And so if y'all remember that, uh, that was a 2006 comedy uh, that was starred Adam Sandler. Well, it's kind of like a comedy, fantasy, drama, all those types of things. But it was by Adam Sandler and he, uh, he starred in it and also produced it. And I had remembered earlier in the week thinking about this movie. It just randomly popped in my head and then I saw it on the screen. I was like, all right, I'll just watch that. Because you know how it goes when you're looking through Netflix or Amazon. You end up clicking for like half an hour. And then you end up just watching the movie you thought you were going to watch at the beginning. So it's like, all right, I'm not going to think through this much longer. I'm just going to boom, turn it on. And there it goes. And I, I've always enjoyed the movie. Like I've owned the movie and I've watched it several times, but every time I watch it, it kind of hits me in the same way in certain areas. Uh, and then there's other areas that, that even surprised me. Like I, I've just kind of gotten even more depth from a movie that really didn't really set out to have a whole lot of depth. I don't think, because again, it's an Adam Sandler movie. So this isn't exactly going to, you know, kind of come at you at a different type of theatrical way. I mean, he pretty much stays in his lane, but um, for a lot of you guys, again, this, this movie's 12 years old. So for a lot of you, you've actually seen this already. Maybe you've seen it multiple times, showed it to your family, whatever, but I want to kind of give you all the gist of the plot and then I'll kind of try to land the plane here at some point. Some point as to why we're even talking about this today on today's podcast, so if you've seen it already, some of this is going to be spoiler. I may leave out some stuff there at the end, but again, it's a 12 year old movie. how could I have have to do a spoiler alert? So anyway, Adam Sandler's character in this movie is a guy named Michael Newman, and so Michael Newman is a super busy overworked architect, and he works for a huge firm in New York City. and as with a lot of these these guys that are working at either law firms or architectural firms or things like that, he's trying to become partner at this firm. And so he's constantly being pushed around by his boss who is played by David Hasselhoff, which is hilarious, but he, he's just being pushed around by him and his boss obviously doesn't really care about family time. He only cares about the business and the more hours in the business, the better and those types of things. And so uh, in doing so, Michael, Adam Sandler's character, uh, he's completely neglecting his wife and kids. So he's got a wife and he's got, you know, a young son and a young daughter. They're probably, I don't know, five or six years old, very, very young kids, right? But one thing that we see earlier early in this movie is that Michael is really, really frustrated at the number of remotes in his house. So he's like trying to turn on his television at one point, but he like turns on the fan. He opens up the garage, you know, he flies this little helicopter thing across the room and all he's trying to do is turn on the television. So he gets really, really frustrated with this. And at some point early in the movie, He just gets so he's so frustrated. He's flipping out, and he's like, "Forget this!" He's got this big project he needs to work on. He needs to watch this documentary on Japanese architecture, and you know, he's screw it. He's gonna go out in the middle of the night, and he's gonna find himself a universal remote. And so he's going past all these different stores, and they're all closed because again, this is basically the middle of the night. But then, hilariously enough, uh, he ends up at Bed Bath and Beyond, which is apparently the only store that's open in this little movie. And so um, he kind of walks through there. And he's looking for some different things. He lays down on a bed at one point. He's like, man, I'm just so tired. And then he kind of rolls over and he sees a section of the story sees a door and it says beyond on it, right? Bed, bath and beyond. Get it again. This is kind of a a cutesy movie. So let's not look at it for the depth. Okay. But he goes through the door and he walks down this long hallway and then he meets up with a guy named Morty and Morty is played by Christopher Walken does a really fantastic job in this film. And so essentially he tells Morty, he's like, yeah, I'm looking for a universal remote. Uh, life is just way too complicated. They have some dialogue and Christopher Walken's like, Hey, or Christopher Walken, Morty, uh, Morty's like, Hey, we, we've got this new, uh, this new one that came in. It's got all the latest technology. It's going to be the greatest remote you've ever seen. Right. So, and he kind of takes him into, into the back. It's called like the way beyond or whatever. And then he goes to this section and he finds this remote and he hands it to him and he says, Hey, this is free. And so, but one thing that he says to him at one point as they're walking out of frame is that this was a non-returnable item. And then Michael, he basically says, why would I want to return something that was free? So that's important to think about for later. So when he comes home, the first thing he does is he obviously tries to turn on the television. He points it at the the television and it turns on. And, and kind of going back to what Morty said, uh, you know, there's no directions. This, this remote didn't come in a box. He said, you just point and click. And this remote is going to know what you're needing. And it's going to take care of it for you. So again, he uses it at first on the television. And then his dog is barking at him at some point. And, you know, it's the middle of the night. He's working on this project and he's getting frustrated with the dog you know doesn't want to wake his wife up and the kids up and so he grabs a remote and just like basically points it at the dog and you know tells the volume to go down you know this is ridiculous because this is real life that couldn't possibly work but then it actually makes the dog go mute he's turning the dog's volume down and then turning it back up and then turning it back down so it kind of like freaks him out right He's kind of freaked out through this, but then he starts to get used to the fact that, okay, this, this thing has powers. Like this thing definitely has powers, right? Again, we're suspending reality here. It's a little bit fancy, but just follow me. Okay. But then he starts fast forwarding through a lot of different things in his life that he just doesn't have the mental capacity to deal with. Right. So he's fast forwarding through fights with his wife he's fast forwarding through illnesses. He had a little cold, so he kind of fast forwarded through that. Uh, He was fast forwarding through traffic, um, through these different little disputes he was getting into. And so that's kind of the thing for him is he was just like experiencing his best life. Everyone says that now it's like, Oh, he's living his best life. So he's basically living a life where he's not having to deal with all this stuff that just distracts him. You know, he's trying to save his brain so that he can work on these projects so he can become partner at this architectural firm, but it's really, really bogging him down. Right. But one thing that he realizes is, okay, whenever I skip these times, like what is happening? Like, am I experiencing these times? What's going on? And so he asks Morty and Morty tells him that when he fasts forward, whether he's just fast forwarding, you know, 10 seconds or, you know, maybe 10 days or something like that, that he's on autopilot, right? So, so he's there, but he's not, you know, a great conversationalist. He's just kind of operating basically on autopilot at those points. So that's important as we kind of get a little bit in here. But what ends up happening in this movie is he lands this huge deal, and I know I'm skipping a lot of things in the plot, but I'm not going to give the whole plot to you today, but he he lands this huge deal at work, and he, he was told that if he landed this deal, like his boss told him that if he landed the deal, that he would be made partner but lo and behold, he wasn't named partner. Uh, He, he got really, really frustrated because it was like, okay, yeah, you'll be partner. But now that we've landed the deal, now we have to do all these different things in order to solidify the deal. And those things are going to take several months. And so this is when we kind of see a big turn in the movie. Um, we see him considering fast forwarding until he gets his promotion. Right. And so in his mind, he's only thinking it's going to be a month or two. It's going to take him a month or two to get these plans together, to submit to the people and, you know, solidify the deal. And so he talks about it with Morty and he consults with them and Morty's like, I need you to understand kind of the, the, the of what, what you're considering doing and, you know, how big this could potentially be for your life. But he was like, you know, he basically just got really, really frustrated. He, he just, he wanted to get to his promotion. Um, You know, he was tired of, of disappointing his family and letting them down. And he thought this promotion was going to take care of all of it. Does that sound familiar, guys? And so, again, he thought this would be a month or two. He hits fast forward. And what he ends up doing, again, big turn in the movie, he ends up fast forwarding an entire year. It took his boss an entire year to promote him to partner. And so he missed out on a year's worth of everything, missed out on his relationship with his wife, his kids, you know, a lot of different things. And again, remember, when he fast forwards, he's on autopilot the entire time. And so when he's on autopilot, he's obviously not a doting father or a loving husband or any of those types of things. So he comes, he comes to, you know, a year from now he's been made partner, but now he's in counseling with his wife. You know, his wife's essentially like, dude, you've, you've been basically absent for the last year. Um, you know, his family dog died and he didn't know it. So he's kind of like finding out about that after the fact, and it just kind of destroys him. And the, the interesting thing that we see at this point in the movie is the remote is self-programming right? The remote is basically doing things on its own now based on Michael's preferences, right? So he realizes that this is happening because every time he gets in a fight, boom, he fast forwards. Every time he gets a little bit sick, boom, it fast forwards. Like it's doing all these things on its own, right? He tries to get rid of the remote, but uh, Morty kind of shows up at his house and reminds him that, you know, what he told him at the beginning, that it's non-returnable. So he's trying to throw it away. He's trying to throw it out the door and, and it's not happening. The remote is going to stick with him. Like he is, he is, you know, tied to this remote now. So one thing that we see later in the movie is that his boss is planning to retire and he wants Michael to become CEO. And so again, if you remember, this is programming itself now the the remote is fast forwarding him to that promotion when he becomes CEO. So when it fast forwards him to that moment, he he wakes up, but when he wakes up, he sees that he's obese now because he hasn't been taking care of his body. You know, when earlier in the film, he's, he's just a regular old guy, but now he's obese. Uh, he realizes that he's divorced from his wife you know, he's kind of moody and has all these issues. And now his little kids are teenagers, right? So when we see him earlier in the film, they're five, six, seven years old, something like that. But now they're teenagers and you know, all the things that come along with being a teenager. So at this point in the movie, he kind of gets in a scuffle with his wife's new husband. The dog kind of jumps in, knocks him over. He falls over a chair, hits his head and goes into a coma. Again, remember the, the, the remote is programming itself. So it's fast forwarding to the future whenever he's better, whenever he's healthy, right? Cause he, he skipped the cold. Now he's skipping comas. So he wakes up several more years later, okay? He wakes up, he's still CEO, he's no longer obese because I guess they found something in him and now he's no longer obese. But his son, who was a teenager before he was knocked out, is now a partner at the firm. And so but one thing that's interesting that he finds out is, you know, his father, Michael's father, actually passes away. Michael's father plays a big role uh in this movie as well. But he has died in the meantime. And again, he's he's been out of it for years and he's been on autopilot, so he didn't really realize that his dad had died. So he's kind of dealing with that now. And so Michael goes to the gravesite to visit his dad's tombstone and his gravesite and different things like that. And Morty appears again. But at this point, Morty um Morty comes to tell Michael that who he really is right he's not just some guy that works in the back of the bed bath and beyond he is actually the angel of death right so Morty kind of a play on mortification got it it's kind of how it goes and so Michael flips out he actually tries to attack attack the angel of death which I wouldn't necessarily suggest you do that but you know he basically starts to really flip out like there's just too much emotion all at once he goes to his basically his his point of respite he gets to the remote and he clicks and he says he wants to go to a good place. So he hits the button and all of a sudden he jets forward several more years later and it's at his son's wedding. Okay. So at his son's wedding, he's seeing people, you know, his, his dad's gone, but he sees his mom and his mom's really, really elderly, sees his ex-wife with her new husband. Uh, He sees his daughter who's all grown up now. um, But then she, he, he sees his daughter, um, talk to her stepdad and call him daddy. And, you know, it just affected him so much at that moment. He ends up having a heart attack. It's his second heart attack in the movie. And then he's he's down for the count, right? And so this is all happening at the wedding. And then we kind of fast forward. We're getting towards the end of the movie here. He wakes up the next day in the hospital. And, you know, his family's there, you know, his uh, daughter had apparently stayed there the entire time, tells him, you know, I have two daddies, but I love you, daddy. You're, you're my, you're my only daddy, you know, that kind of stuff. And then his son's there as well. And his son, again, had just gotten married. He's trying to go on his honeymoon, but um, he basically told his dad at at the hospital bed, he's like, yeah, dad, you know, we, we got a deal that's fallen through. So we're going to cancel, you know, we're going to cancel the honeymoon. We can go to Italy anytime. We don't need to stick around. Uh, I mean, I need to stick around to make sure this deal is solidified. But at this point in the movie, Michael has obviously realized all the mistakes he had made uh, where he chose work over family. And so he's trying to talk to his son. He's trying to stop his son um, from leaving the hospital bed because he wants to tell him that, you know, family should come before everything, right? Like, don't cancel your honeymoon. Like, go on your honeymoon. That's so important. But, you know, his daughter and his son leave, you know, and he gets up from the bed and he's basically trying to chase them. But again, he's had a heart attack. It's a second heart attack. He's not exactly running full clip. He's coming outside and you can see his uh, daughter and his son are about to drive away in a car. It's raining and he's desperately, desperately trying to get their attention and stop them. And so he ends up falling down on his face. Again, it's raining everywhere. His son realizes that his dad's outside. He sees him, runs to him. And then at the time, it's not only his, you know, Michael's son and daughter, it's also his ex-wife and ex-wife's husband. They're all gathered around him again in the rain and and they're basically talking to him. They know he's about to die. And so before he dies, he he basically professes his, his undying love for his wife that he never stopped loving. Again, he fast forwarded through all the bad in the relationship, tells his daughter that he loves him, you know, basically tells uh, his son family first, got to do family first, stick with your, stick with your wife, you know, go on your honeymoon, that type of thing. And then we see Morty again. So it's obvious that Morty comes and takes Michael away. And so, um, There's a little twist here at the end of the movie, and so I'm not going to ruin it for you, okay? I was going to decide once I got to this point of kind of explaining the plot, but I don't want to ruin it for you guys. Just in case you haven't seen it, so there's a very interesting plot twist here at the end of this movie. I know it's 12 years old. For those of you that have seen it before, you obviously know what I'm making reference to. But again, I want you guys to watch this movie. So if you haven't seen it before, I don't want to ruin it. So, um, so here's the thing, guys. It took me what 15 minutes to basically explain to you why we're doing a podcast about a movie that's 12 years old. Like, what could we possibly get from an Adam Sandler movie that is, you know, a comedy that kind of turns into a drama, but it's kind of fantasy land the entire time? And guys, to be honest with you. I'm not going to go super, super deep here, but again, every time I've watched this goofy movie, right? You know, that's somewhat family friendly and those different things. It's really funny in parts, but every time I've watched it, there's just kind of been these themes that have come out. And again, the first time I watched this, it was early in college or or late in high school. I'm trying to, yeah, it was, it was like right in the middle of college when I first saw this, when I was doing my undergrad and it's, it's continued to affect me every time I've watched this. It's just a very poignant film and all you're doing is you're expecting, you know, dick jokes because it's, it's Adam Sandler. Right. But, um, there are three things that, that kind of came, came to me this last time when I, when I watched this movie. Okay. And it's just basically about how do we prioritize? Okay. And so I want to just kind of flow a little bit on those three things. So the first is how we prioritize family over work. And guys, again, I'm not going to say anything that you haven't heard before, but the reason why people have to keep saying this to you and saying this, and again, I'm saying this to myself, is because we constantly think there's another way we can do it. We constantly put work over our families and we convince ourselves that it's the right thing to do because you know what? If the business isn't growing, I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. You know what? If I don't make this extra commission this quarter, then it's not going to work out for my family. If I don't get this money so that we can go on that trip, we're not going to be able to go on the trip and I'm not going to be able to be, spend time with my family. But guys, you know this to be true we've seen this a billion times. So yes, I'm not much of a beating a dead horse guy, but I'm going to beat this dead horse to death again. When you prioritize your family over work, things tend to align a little bit better, right? Because you've all been there for a lot of you guys You may have lost your marriage. You may have lost your family because you had these two things out of whack. You had work over family. And the whole time you're thinking, well, I saw my dad. All I did was I saw my dad work. and, And, you know, that worked out for the family he provided. And to a certain degree, that's true. You have a dad that provides and you see that and you pick that up. But there's a lot of people that just need dad, right? They just need husband. They need their presence, they need them there. That, that extra bonus that quarter from spending an extra five to 10 hours per week in the office or in the field, it doesn't matter as much as being there, as being around. And, and when I say being around, it doesn't mean you're doing anything. You don't have to be doing some sort of project or fixing something around the house or taking a kid to some activity or taking your wife on a date. It may be those things, but maybe it's just sitting around, just being available, being mentally available to your kids. It's kind of hard to be mentally available if you're not physically present right? And so that's one thing that you get from this movie is, is Michael sees the error in his ways, but by the time he sees it, it's way too late. I mean, that's a likely story, right? I know a lot of guys that kind of have that. They've prioritized work over family for years and years and years, and it just becomes their new normal. And you know, when the kids leave the house, they realize they haven't been dating their wife for the last 20 years and their marriage falls apart. Subsequently for some of these guys, their lives fall apart, right? So again, it's prioritizing family over work. And the second thing is prioritizing time over success, time over success. And so I left success there to be, you know, very ambiguous. So define success as however you you define it, right? For some guys, it's just money. It's just about dollars in the accounts, right? For some guys, it's the amount of influence that they have within the business that they're in or within the, the community that they live. But it's prioritizing time over success. So this is something for me, again, I'm going to fall on my sword a little bit here because I don't have kids yet. My wife and I have been married for almost 10 years, but there are a lot of times when my wife would much rather me just be around. And frankly, there are times when I would just rather her be around. We're both in businesses where we're basically in 100% commission type of environments. And so you can get sucked into doing as many jobs and as many uh, you know, types of sales cycles so that you can keep everything in the way that you want it, so that you can attain a certain standard of living or a standard uh, within the division that you're in or within the, the corporation that you're in or within the, the business that you're in, right? But you really can't replace time. And again, guys, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's good to be reminded of it, right? Because time is the only resource that you can't bring back to you, right? So, so let's say you let a deal fall through. Let's say it's a, it's a sizable deal. If you had landed this deal, if you had spent more time on this deal, it would have got you $10,000, right? $10,000 into your bank account if you had spent more time solidifying this deal. Well, in all the time that you would have spent solidifying that deal, you may have gotten that $10,000, not guaranteed, but you may have gotten that $10,000, but the time you spent getting that does not come back to you, right? We're all on borrowed time. Every one of our clocks are ticking and it's only ticking downward. We're not doing anything to add time, right? And no, I'm not getting philosophical about health and about all these different things. I'm just saying, realistically, we're we're all closer to death since before you turned on this podcast, Right. That's just the reality of the situation that we're in. And I understand for a lot of you guys, this is not me saying, hey, quit your jobs and spend all your time with your family. I'm not saying that. You do have to be provider, but there's always that balance and making sure there's enough time and that there's enough access to you as husband and father, as opposed to you as guy running the company or guy within that department trying to make it better. Right? And the last thing here is to prioritize meaning over money. Meaning over money. And again, guys, I know this seems a little bit self-helping, not my normal normal style, but I want to make sure this is something that you can, you know, get in your brain and solidify. Prioritize meaning over money. Okay, guys, I'll go ahead and talk about me. There's a lot of things that I do that pull me towards money, right? Again, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. So it's like one of the favorite scriptures that, that atheists will quote when they quote it incorrectly. So, but at the end of the day, I try to do things that help open up more avenues towards money, whether that's business dealings or things that I invest in. I'm trying to constantly make the flow of money more pertinent in my life. Right. But the thing about it is, is at the end of the day, most people don't look at the amount of money that, that somebody has attained. They look at the amount of meaning that they have given right so obviously there are a lot of famous people that have died and they died with a lot of money but I bet you can name their contributions to their field or to society in general more than you can name their net worth and here's the thing when they die their net worth is reported Right. That's like one of the first things you hear about a celebrity because it's like, you know, maybe they're really famous back in the 80s, but now they died almost penniless. Like that's part of the reporting. Or maybe when they died, you know, it was at the height of their company. And, you know, if they hadn't died uh, of cancer or something like that, like they'd still be alive and this would be how much that they would have. But for a lot of these individuals, like think about Bill Gates. Bill Gates has been the richest man alive for the longest period of time. I know Jeff Bezos is, is now the richest man um, that ever in the history of humanity, apparently. But Bill Gates has spent more time at the top of that list than anybody. But I bet you, you can tell me that the contributions he's made to society and the things that he's doing as, as part of his foundation and as the things that he's doing within his charities, as opposed to how much he's worth. Because meaning does usurp money. It's over money. But for a lot of us, we are not prioritizing it that way. And again, I keep coming back down to the family context because that's what the context of this movie was centered around, is this was a guy that was choosing to become partner, not just because of the success that would come with it, but because of the money that would come with it. Because he was frustrated at one point because he couldn't afford to buy his kids bikes. He couldn't afford to you know, buy his wife a nice purse that she wanted, right? He wanted money. He wanted those things so that that would somehow give him meaning. And again, we come at this from a Christian worldview on this podcast is where does meaning ultimately come from? Where does it come from? Because it certainly doesn't come from us just just sitting around and and putting in that extra hour uh, at work or that extra trip in in order to do certain things to provide for the family. Again, those things are important, but it's all got to be within balance. But for us, and we talked about this in the last podcast or a few podcasts ago, just basically finding our identity in Christ. That's where we find our identity. It's in the Imago Dei. It's in realizing that we have the image of God written on our souls and everyone that we ever become eyeball to eyeball with has that exact same thing. But again, guys, if your priorities are out of whack, it's really going to jack you up. If you don't have family prioritized over work, time prioritized over success, and meaning prioritized over money, you're going to struggle. It's going to be an issue for you. And, and guys, we see this all the time. Like I've seen research before from these uh, nurses that are basically doing end of life care for people. So these people are going to be dying imminently. And these are the, like the last people that will ever take care of them. In some of these cases, in a lot of these cases, actually, the family's not even around. It's just these nurses. And you hear these nurses report back what these people say to them when they're legitimately on their deathbed. None of them are ever saying how much more they wish they had worked. How many more deals they wish they had closed? And again, you guys have heard this a billion times. I'm not coming up with any of this on my own, but you got to keep hearing it. You don't want to be that guy that's on your deathbed. Whenever that will be, it's coming. Whenever that will be, whether that's soon or a long time from now, you don't want to be that guy that's living with regret. And how many times do we need to hear that before we solidify it in our brains? Like how many times are we going to make work and success and money prioritize over everything? Because at the end of the day, if you were handed a menu that that's had your family and, and all the things that you care the most about on one side, and then, you know, the success and work and money on the other, and you were only given a binary choice, I, I would assume and would hope that most of you guys would go with your family. So if you use that as your North Star, right, as a thing that's going to point you in a certain direction, then that's really important to know now. And the great thing about that, guys, is you get to decide. Like, it's you. Right. So, so again, I I know this is super Ted talky, but you get to decide that. So make the decision, put your flag in the ground and work in that direction. So again, guys, I know we, we just basically did a whole podcast about an Adam Sandler movie. I get it, but hopefully this was beneficial to you guys. And I really think that it should help. Okay. We're going to do a quick resilience boost before we let you guys out of here today. We are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And specifically, we do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So today we are going to be, I don't know, we'll call it mental resilience. And here's the thing, guys, just go watch the movie, right? This is easy enough. Again, it's it's, it's PG-13. There are some things that are maybe a little inappropriate for, for smaller children. And you can find this movie anywhere. Like it's on Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Like, I mean... There's a billion ways you can get access to this movie now. Again, it's old enough to where they're not you know, holding it under lock and key. So watch the movie, see if you can pick out some of the things that I showed you here in this podcast and see if it has the same effect to you. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. As always, we'd like for you to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play and refer your friends to listen. You can share this on social media using the hashtag Undaunted Life. We will find the post and we will give it a thumbs up. If we deserve a five-star review, guys, please, please, please leave us a five-star review. We we're currently five-star rated. We want to keep that up and we want to hear from you as to why you like this podcast. So make sure you keep leaving two or three sentences to let us know. Okay. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the remainder of 2018 and the beginning of 2019. So if you want me to come speak to your company or your team or your Sunday school or your church, just hit me up at info at undaunted.life. Again, that's info at undaunted.life. Our website is life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Undaunted Life or Facebook.com backslash Undaunted Life. You can check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we wanted to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links to all of this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.